to the show. It's the Mark Mark Podcast. It's been a while since we've talked about three weeks now? At least three weeks. Our our world has changed, at least as far as the Cleveland Cavaliers are concerned. Absolutely. We, you know, last time we talked, by the way, I'm sports editor Mark Podolsky. I love pop culture. You are? I am entertainment editor Mark Mazoris, and I love Game of Thrones, which we still won't be talking about because you're the only one not watching it. I know. But I also love sports, so we'll talk about sports. You know, speaking of sports, I did see a Miles Garrett tweet saying they did, they did not just end this Game of Thrones episode this way, and I thought, wow, sounds pretty exciting. Well, so if you watch, uh, not to go on too big of a uh, digression here, but I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks on HBO, or maybe, yeah, I guess you I don't do have not. HBO, so obviously two HBO properties, but they ended the premiere with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all these different clips of players, and even Is that the like team the, they're doing this year? Yeah. So I just watched the first one last night after I needed a break from the Browns. Uh, so they, they showed like a few different player clips and then even, I don't know if it was the coach and the GM, but they were all talking about this season of Game of Thrones. And oh, really? Just, it just, it's every, you know, Game of Thrones is just ending the end, uh, owning the end of summer where there's not, you know, really kind of the big movies are done. And you know it's big else. when they start infiltrating the world of sports. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. So it's been a, it's been a fun summer. It's been a hot summer. We've been taking some time off. That's why our, our schedule is a little erratic right now. But the last time we talked... The big news was Derrick Rose is coming to the Cavs. I mean, think about that. Seems like four years ago, not four weeks ago, doesn't? We, I can't remember if it was later that day or the next day where I, I got the, the next day. where I got the alert that Kyrie Irving had asked the Cavaliers to trade him, and I'm like, well, it really puts that Derrick Rose conversation right. into perspective. That really is. How did the you most feel important. that day, Mark? I was not happy. I was not happy at all. I'm you still feeling not, better. No. Why would I feel better? He has been traded. It's just bad any way you look at it. I don't know. I think the longer this goes, the better it is for the Cavs that he's staying. Well, and look, cooler heads might prevail. Yeah, I'm glad that they already haven't taken some bad deal just to be done with right. it. Right. Uh, that's my concern is that you know if you can somehow get a deal that makes you better or or at least on par, stays on par, but I just don't see it. And originally I was uh, I was in the camp of like you know what y- y- you have his rights for two more years. Just you're all a bunch of big boys. Make you know, put him and LeBron in a room together and and, and hash this thing out. Right. But then every like subsequent drip and drab of uh, of information, you know, LeBron would fight him if he saw him and right. all this, which still doesn't mean they can't repair things. Um, and maybe as time goes on, maybe there is a good chance that they'll at least start the season with him. But just it's just not what I wanted because you know me. I think if I had to hedge my bets, I think this is LeBron's last year. I just wanted all systems go. Well, let's 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 show those talks for just a little bit. We'll get back to them. All right. But we all know this is football season. NFL has started their pre- their preseason. It's it's full go. High schools are in like uh, practice mode. A lot of the colleges are in practice mode, but. The NFL had their first really big night of football last night. First Thursday, the traditional day of preseason. The Browns opened. And we also got to talk about the Bears had their preseason opener. And something crazy happened. Mitch Trubisky, Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky of Menor, got in there right before halftime and just had an un- unreal debut. And, you know, it's hard. You don't want to get too wrapped up in one preseason preseason game but you know it is interesting Trubisky has a big debut the Browns put Kaiser in there he looks great throws a touchdown late in the game Deshaun Watson who the Browns could have had the quarterback from Clemson at number 12 when they traded back he played Wednesday night he had a big debut with the Texans so it's it's interesting how all these quarterbacks are playing pretty well right now but let's start with the Browns 
You watched the game last night, I'm sure, right? I watched a lot of it. I, I As time goes on, I can't watch as much it's preseason tough. football. It's third, really fourth, tough. Fourth quarter. The scrubs get in on both sides. It's bad football. But you're waiting for Kaiser. So what I did was I, I watched the first half, basically. Then I watched Hard Knocks, which I referred to. And then I fast-forwarded mm. to just see Kaiser right. Kaiser's plays. So, um, but speaking of... If you want to know how the third safety did for the Browns, I have no idea. Speaking of rough, that first quarter, I mean, it's just... I don't know what it is. I mean... Well, I know what it is. You know, you just been what we're on 18 years now looking for a quarterback since 1999, and that's the problem with this team. You know, but what you saw out of Kaiser when he got in there, and I know it was against the scrubs. Wait, wait, wait. Back to the first quarter, and this is I'm <laughs> really? ripping this. I'm ripping this off from Twitter last night. But which Irving is going to be out of town first, Kyrie or Cam? Cam. Cam Irving is. It, for the team I that feel has, bad because he, he seems like a nice. He guy. seems like a great guy, and he seems like the most inexplicable of the Browns' recent just terrible first-round picks. I can't believe he's this bad because he didn't have. You know, you took Manziel, and you're like, ah, he might party his way out or whatever. Like the worst you thought might happen, and uh, Cam just seems like he's got a good head on his shoulder, and he just doesn't seem like he belongs out there on an NFL line. I mean, look at when the Gilbert Manziel first-round fiasco, and then the Urban. I think that was the year after. I can't remember. It's the second or third year. I think it was the year after. It's just, you know, and then you wonder why the Browns are the, one of the worst teams in the NFL. And they squandered so many high picks. When you don't hit your first rounders, you're done. I mean, you're going to be stuck in a pit for a long time. But, you know, Garrett looked good. And, you know, let's, you know, for the Browns' sake, let's hope he stays healthy and he can produce. But the thing is, you got to have the quarterback. And, you know, Kaiser is the kid from Notre Dame. He's big. He's got a big arm. He's athletic. Moving around the pocket. They're showing off that big arm. It's kind of enticing when you were watching him last night, wasn't it? It reminded me a little bit of watching uh, Robert Griffin. Because, like, if I came away with oh, anything... Wait, he's a much bigger version. I, I'm just saying, if, if I came away with anything, it's like, okay, they can throw deep. Like, just yeah. like Griffin. He can sling it, man. Right. I, I love that big arm. I, uh, you know, you can't expect to, I, I didn't think Kaiser looked super comfortable out there, but again, this is the first preseason right. game. This is, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to overblow his performance against these, you know, third stringers, uh, that the Saints had, but you'd rather see him have some successful drives and throw some nice balls than not against those. So I'm not ready to, you know, pen him in as the starter, but, right. uh, you know, Osweiler certainly didn't light things up in the yeah. first quarter. I mean, it's a good start for Kaiser. And look, the situation is this. It's not like with the Bears where their GM has come out since day one when they drafted Trubisky. It says, and he said, we're not going to play him this year. Glennon, Mike Glennon is the starter. He'll, he'll, sit, he'll sit, he'll watch, he'll mature and learn. I mean, Hugh Jackson is like, these are our guys and we'll see what we got. And let, let the best man win, which I like. I mean, make it a competition and we'll see what happens. I mean, Cody Kessler... I don't think it's happening with, with him. He seems like a nice backup. So I think it's down to Osweiler and Kaiser. And we'll see. You know, I mean, look, you're going to, you know, Osweiler, he did go up against the ones. You know, Saints don't have the greatest defense in the world. So we'll see. But but and, uh, he threw a couple nice passes. Yeah, and the one thing I'll, the one caveat I'll say about Osweiler, if I believe I have this somewhat correct, is that, you know, he hasn't really spent any time with the ones in camp. Then they elevate him right before this right. Uh, uh, preseason game. So it's not like he has any chemistry yeah. built up with that. Well, unit. I think another thing I heard him is that, you know, they don't play Joe Thomas. They put Cam Aaron in there, and that turned out to be a disaster. And, you know, look, what the worst thing that can happen to a quarterback is when you know that your blind side is not protected. 
So, I mean, that could ha have an effect. I mean, so I'm guessing things will be a little different when Joe Thomas is in there. Maybe not a, le a little, a lot. Uh, what's up with Bentonio? He didn't play either. Was he just rested or is he still dinged I don't up? Know. I'm, I'm looking in. And Joku didn't play the tight end from Miami. Yeah, I guess he's got like a back muscle thing. Yeah. Uh, but that that was disappointing. You hope to see. He was the one. I've been really looking forward to seeing him out there because I was like, up, he's been up and down in camp. You know, that's what I've heard. I, I love, but I, I just love these big athletic tight ends. I love watching them, so I can't right. wait till he gets out there. Even if he's raw, I want to yeah. see him just and you running know, up and down the field. The thing is, big. The, I think the big thing with and you know our, our pro sports writer Jeff Shadell wrote, you know, there's just not a lot of playmakers on this team. So we'll you know we'll see. You know, Kenny Britt, if he could have dragged dragged that foot, that would have made. Osweiler's day looked a lot better on that that near touchdown where he didn't get the second foot down. You know, it's it was weird. Like, you know, that it seems like that's something that all veteran NFL receivers know how to do: drag that second foot. It's become the rarity when they don't do it. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And or at least don't tr not even try the to. Fact do it. That he, the fact that he didn't try it when I saw it live, I'm like, oh, he's gold. And then you watch it, like, oh, he didn't at all get that second I know. foot down. I mean, that's like you know, that's something like it's like synonymous with like a veteran receiver. So that was a little disappointing. But the pass was nice. You know, execution it was just one thing was glaring out there. But you know, Corey Coleman still kind of waiting to see what his production a little bit. And you know, Crowell he's he's pretty steady, but you know it just wasn't there wasn't a lot there did, until did, Kaiser came in to be. And perfect. I've been waiting. I did. Did they do much with Duke Johnson in the slot last Not night? Really. If they did, I missed it because yeah. I'm excited about that possibility. I'd right. love to. I'd love to really, I'd love for them to really figure out more ways to use Duke Johnson, as I think they're trying to do. So it's 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 kind of interesting the way preseason's sort of morphing itself. A lot of teams are not even playing their veterans that first game. Like a lot of times they'll play them for the first or second series. Like the Steelers uh, didn't even play Ben Roethlisberger in their game, and um, the Patriots didn't even have any of their starters out there. So it's like it's. Weird. It's the way if, the preseason is turning. If they're not going to uh, ever give us 18 regular season games, and I understand the arguments not to, I wouldn't mind if they took followed the lead of the NBA, which is I think has gone from like roughly eight preseason games to, to five, four, four or five. Yeah. Part, like I think the Cavs just announced a five game preseason five? Okay. schedule, and I feel like it's been eight or nine in the past. Yeah. And I, I think the season's starting a little earlier, so they right. can have more games. Like, take two preseason games away, put an extra bye week in. Yeah. Just uh, well, but Goodell is saying how he, they may go from four to two. I think that I wouldn't have you know, any objection. You know, the thing is, the thing is it, you, you almost get to a point where if that if that's the case, like, do you even need to play any of these? If you're if you're only playing two preseason games, do you really need to play any of these veterans? Probably not. You know what I mean? Just let the the first year guys, the rookies. You know, it's like we could go down guys. a rabbit hole here. They're going to want to charge full price for the oh, yeah. game. You know, right? So. so I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's I'm I'm looking more forward to the, to the second game. Which isn't into, I, I mean, they don't play again until uh, a week from Monday, so they've got a nice little rest there. Oh, they're playing on Monday night. Monday night, so I'm assuming that's national TV, but I'm not seeing on this thing I just pulled who up. They, who do they got? They got the Giants. Oh um, my! That's at New York, right? Uh, no, it looks like it's back in Cleveland. So I don't know if I can click on this and get game information. Uh, yeah, it's at Cleveland. It's on ESPN. So buckle up, America! You get to watch early Browns football. John Gruden. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. So I mean, is there anything? How do you feel about this team right now? I mean, are, do you feel any better than last season? Well, you referenced. I mean, Jeff look, they're one in fifteen last year. Is this team going to be better than one in fifteen? So I think they're going to be better. Um, Jeff Shudell, who you 
just mentioned. I don't think you just said this, but forgive me if you did. He's predicting five and eleven right. officially. And I feel like Jeff is a bit typically typical of a glass half full guy. You know, right. he looks on the bright side. I have typically been that. I've always looked at the Brown schedule and like, oh, eight and eight or something. Which right. you know, I, I'm no longer that guy. I'm predicting three and thirteen, just because I don't think. And even if Kaiser shows promise, and I just think one way or another, the quarterback play won't be there. There'll be injuries. They're still not that deep. Yeah. You know, I'll believe 5-11 and 11 or better when I see it. So I, I think it's still going to be a long year. I still think we're going to be way up there in the draft. But we do have the Jets on the schedule. They're a train wreck, we, you yeah. know. So, But I do feel, you know, I, I, you know that I like what the Browns are doing, this slow approach where you're not trying to get good fast. You're trying to fill out the roster with young talent. Right. I, I like everything they're doing, but I don't think the wins are going to be there this year. You know, if, if you know you got a team that's going to be 3-13, three, 4-12, three, that type of product, you know, I always say to myself, you know, everybody else is struggling during throughout a three and thirteen, four and twelve season, and they're going to be fine. These players are going to be fine. So my thing is like, why do we always kind of baby these quarterbacks? So like, if Kaiser is your best guy, like if you're going to go through the motions through a three and thirteen, and you're going to expect your fans to be gung ho about a three and thirteen with Brock Osweiler out there, they can easily stomach and understand what's going on with the process of building from the ground up. When you got your quarterback of the future, yet your hope is in there. Un- the, yeah, I, I basically agree with you. The way I've come around to thinking about this team and what they should do with quarterback, unless Kaiser is not putting out the effort in practice or he just doesn't look remotely ready and you'd like, like really Johnny anger Manziel. the bench. Huh? Like Johnny Manziel. Right. <laughs> unless, he's, unless he's just really giving you reason not to play him, right. I think they should play him. Right. I think the most important thing that the Browns need to do this year is figure out what they have in Kaiser. Absolutely. Because if he goes 3-13 and 13, but he shows a lot of promise – Okay, you don't draft a quarterback. Right. But if he goes three and thirteen or two and fourteen, and he's just not getting it, you're going to be up there with a good quarterback yeah. class. And right. I think you've got to take exactly. So uh, that think, stuff we'll talk about all season. You right. Know that. Look, I would love it if he turns out to be the guy, but the most the you, it's a it's it's a it's a win win. Either you find out he's not the guy and you move on, or you find out look you got your quarterback. How good of a season would Brock Osweiler have to have for the Browns to be like a serious playoff contender? It's not going to happen. Right. So I mean, and you know, look, I'm sure Brock Osweiler is a great guy, but look, I don't think there's they brought him in here with the intent of like, oh my gosh, this guy's gonna turn our program, our franchise. Around. I mean, I think when they brought him in, they really didn't think he'd still be here at this point. Right. And I think they couldn't figure yeah. anything better I mean, to do with him. I think they saw that that golden egg, second round pick, right? Right. Moneyball you, baby. You love that, right? I do love that. You know, you, you mentioned while we were talking about Kaiser, how he didn't look that. You know, real sharp in terms of his, how his comfort level. Right. You know, but I tell you, man, when Trubisky got in there, I don't know if you saw the highlights. If you saw him play, I saw. Uh, and I went to NFL.com this morning, and they had a package that was just like all his throws from the yeah. first drive. So I watched that. I mean, this kid. There was a lot of safe throws. It was a lot of. It looked to me like what I think coaches should do with a young guy. Well, safe throws, but not tremendously easy throws too. A lot of bootlegs, running on the, throwing on the run. Those are not easy passes to complete. No, I guess what they. What they struck me as... But I agree with you saying. Yeah, yeah. What, what, I, what I'm trying to say is I think they, they gave him plays with not a lot of decision-making. Like, you should go, here's what you do on these plays. They were right. little, they were rollouts, they were this, they were that. He, they weren't asking him to stand back and, like, pick the field apart. Right. There wasn't a lot of moments where he was going to his second, third, fourth. Right. Rates. Now, again, this is just like Kaiser. This is his first time on an NFL right. field. It's not easy. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I thought it was smart, and he looked good doing that. Yeah, um, I mean... I thought the touch... The, I thought I was most impressed with the touchdown pass, because he did have to kind of get back and, like... Figure out who to throw to, and he saw the wide-open guy, yeah. and he put it right there, and touchdown. It's interesting because, you know, this debate is going to 
go on for a long time if Kaiser is a flop and Trubisky, you know, is an is an all pro. You know, th- 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 this one. It's a bigger problem, in my opinion, if Garrett turns out to be a flop, and I don't think he will. That's but, true. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, because I don't think it was really. I don't think they were sitting there going Kaiser or Trubisky. I think it was more. Look, the national consensus was that the Bears made a mistake. They didn't need to trade up. They were they put too many eggs in one basket for Trubisky. And like I said, it's so early. But one game in, you're thinking, wow, this is this is pretty this is pretty interesting. And we're gonna see what you know. If you watch any of this game, I because I let Shadell, he was worried about the Browns, so I put my focus on the Bears and Mike Glennon, who is the backup to Jameis Winston, who they signed in the offseason from Tampa Bay. They signed him for eighteen million dollars, and he started the game and. Oh boy, you thought Brock Osweiler struggled early on in that game with the Browns. My goodness, you should have seen Glennon start that game. It, it was, it was, he was a pick six on the first drive. I think he fumbled on the next drive. I mean, it was just. Oh, maybe we can trade for him. It sounds like he fit right in. It was not good. So, I, I mean. Say this for this Browns regime, man. They are not afraid to let these potential franchise quarterbacks just go. Like, they're. We, there's this stable out there of guys they could have had, right? There's Wentz. Yeah. There's I guess there's not Trubisky. Goss, there's, they could have had they, Trubisky and they Watson. They could have had Watson. It was sitting right so there you got for him. Three like, big high-profile guys there, and I mean I know there were other guys drafted between Kaiser and them, but those well, are the three. If any of those turn out to be like unquestioned franchise quarterbacks, yeah, then okay, right. And there's a lot of questions to be answered, and they better hope Kaiser turns up. But you know, there's also this line of thinking, and you've you've got to throwing us out there that they're looking at 2017 draft for the quarterback so we're gonna see i don't know i mean so 2018 or i'm sorry 2018 so i think it's gonna be really interesting with trubisky and his next start they play at arizona on the 19th it's a 10 o'clock game which is gonna be it's a saturday night that'll be a saturday night game so there won't be as much hoopla with that one you know those west coast games on saturday kind of get lost in the shuffle so and you know he probably won't be even getting in there till about midnight so you know, but if that train keeps steamrolling, he keeps playing well. Look, we saw this happen with Dak Prescott last year. Oh, I, we saw this happen three years ago with Russell Wilson. You know, the Seahawks signed. Who was that? They signed. A, they signed a, a free agent. It's almost the exact same situation. They signed. Remember the backup to Aaron Rodgers, Matt Flynn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, remember the Seahawks signed him to like gave him like thirty-five million. And then they draft Russell Wilson in the third round. And, you know, he wasn't a first-round pick, so right. there wasn't that thought that, oh, my gosh, this is a franchise guy. But he goes in there and plays well in the preseason, and he's a starting quarterback. You day never know. One. So, and then, like, Dak Prescott. I mean, obviously, the injury to Romo paved the way to that. But I think more and more, these quarterbacks are, are a lot more ready when they come out, a lot more mature, except for Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Poor Browns. And, you know, I, I think these teams are, you know, I don't think there's, you know, not, I don't want to say the word scared, but I think they're, they're a lot more willing to throw these guys in there immediately because you're seeing the payoff with, with some of these guys. Yeah, and uh, we might have talked about this on a, on a previous pod, maybe more around the draft, but because um, I don't know when the preseason schedule came out, but just to put a bow on the preseason, that last preseason game for the Browns, Thursday, August 31st, in Chicago – so we'll be seeing, you know, and I mean that that game you're going to probably see Kaiser versus Trubisky I was going to say the entire game. I have I have finally after years of like 
still trying to tell myself that it would be worth watching the fourth preseason game. Kind of not. That so, might be. You should see a lot of Kaiser. You should see a lot of Trubisky. And maybe the best thing is that it's in Chicago and not Cleveland. Yeah. Because if Trubisky oh lights, even yeah. if Trubisky goes in there and against the Browns third stringers lights them up, like oh my god, you know those clown. Uh, Could you imagine people down at the stadium? Would can you imagine the TV ratings? For that game, that's gonna be that's gonna be monstrous. for a fourth preseason game. That's gonna do huge numbers in those local markets. Right, there's no question about it. So, um, you know, and the thing with Trubisky, that boy, I tell you, man, like that turned into a national story this morning. I don't know if you turned on ESPN and NFL Network. I didn't. That's all everybody was talking about. Trubisky, Trubisky, Trubisky. Like, wow. I feel like Kaiser's got his dues, though. I saw a lot yeah, of he, like, national tweets. Right. You know, sending out those bombs. You know, he threw right. two nice deep balls. That's exciting. It is exciting. You know, because you know it's. With the Browns, you just don't see that. It's you don't want to say it's effortless, because but he's just got for a, he's got like a, uh, it doesn't look like he's just putting his whole body into it. It looks easier than it is Almost typically like to throw a ball. Yeah, exactly. So that's exciting. All right, so let's get back to what we start, started the show off with with the big Kyrie Irving. I don't even know what you want to call it. Brouhaha. You disaster. Know, something got leaked. Irving Gate. Who who leaked it? I don't. Did LeBron leak it? Did somebody else leak it? Blah 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 blah. So, bottom line is, he wants out, apparently, but we haven't heard anything about it for about a week now, maybe even more, right? This has kind of died down. Yeah, I mean, I've heard little bits, but there no new some, news. There, I think there were some Instagrams or tweet videos, someone mocking him and or, or Urban mocking LeBron or vice versa. Wasn't there something? Yeah, I, I never did see the video, but I think it was a... It was Instagram or Snapchat at a, a Harrison Barnes wedding. Okay. I think Steph Curry was doing a, an imitation of LeBron spinning selfie where he's like doing arm curls or something. Really? Oh, I've seen God. that, but I didn't see them. And apparently Irving's in the background kind of laughing. Right. You know, that's pretty innocuous. I guess my thing is, to me, the most important question out of this is, you know, we if you're old enough to remember the, 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 the New York Yankees from the 70s or the... Oakland A's from the early 70s, these teams, a lot of these guys did not like each other, but they still got, understood the fact that you got together, you're professionals, and you go to try to win a championship. Can these two guys still coexist? Because if they're, if they're on a team next fall, or this fall coming up, and they open camp, I mean, is they always have that media day blitz. I mean, I can't imagine what that day will be like. In terms of the media coverage and the questions they're going to be bombarded with. I haven't even thought about that, yeah. I mean, so, if these guys are still on the same team, can this work? Can this coexist? God, get ready for a whole day of, like, I'm just here to talk about the season ahead of us and the job at hand and right. uh, the past of the past, and I'm, I'm committed to I mean, this so, team. I mean, and... it's, it's already August. The, they're going to break camp late September, right? Yeah, it's usually right around the beginning of October, a little before Yeah, now, so this is about a month away. If they don't make a deal, this, he is on his team. I'm more interested in because I, you and I haven't talked at length about this. What do you think about him, him doing this and the timing of it? You know, do, what do you, th- how has it affected your opinion on Kyrie Irving? I guess. If I was a fan of the Cavs, or not, even, not I want to take that back. If I was Dan Gilbert or anybody within the management, I would, I would question his commitment to being an actual team player because I don't think team players do this you know what I mean so if you have one if, if you don't like who you're playing for your coach you got a problem with that maybe that's one thing but if you're just saying you're singling out one player I guess I mean it really hasn't been official but if he's just singling out I don't want to play with LeBron anymore that that raises a tremendous red flag to me like 
why in the world you wouldn't want to play with LeBron James makes no sense to me. So to to try to to try to be a journalist and look at it from all angles, right? Kyrie Irving certainly has the type of uh, skills. He, he's a ball dominant type player. You can understand that that would be in a perfect world his right. preferred way to play. But he's not a distributor. I think I mean, one could, thing if he wanted to go out and average 15 assists like John Stockton. Right. I think LeBron. I think Kyrie has the talent to be a better distributor than he has. I've seen him make some passes that I think are exceptional. But you're right. That's not his first best gift. Um, so I can understand why he'd want that. What frustrates me about it is, well, a bunch of things. First of all, you know, you're on probably the second best team in the league. You're on national right. TV all the time. Right. You, you, your profile has only gotten bigger. And it's not like people forget about Kyrie Irving. Right. He's clearly known as the second best player on right. this super high profile team you won a championship on this team and and no one has forgotten that you took and nailed the game-winning shot i mean so i so that's frustrating well let me ask you this though so i was mentioning how i think that they're probably question whether he wants to be a team guy or not so like like what does this guy really want does he want to win championships or does he want to go to a team where he can average 35 a game and win 30 games a year because if he goes to the knicks that's what's going to happen. I think he's lying to himself and and thinking that he can be a bigger difference maker than he is. But what I'm so I'm so frustrated about the timing because and maybe this is me thinking too much about how I would play. If I felt this way, you know, there's a a good chance or a lot of people think that LeBron is going to leave after this year. Kyrie would still be under contract for one more year. It just strikes me that he wants to beat LeBron out of town. He doesn't want to be sitting there holding the bag. So you think there's it would more be, to it than just I don't want to play with LeBron anymore? Right, I think that's part of it, but I think he wants to get out when it's still yeah. I don't. I think he's. Out. I think he's seen the Cavaliers in the wake of LeBron. So leaving. he doesn't want to be there when the LeBron chains left. I, I think that's part of that's it. Maybe because that, why don't you? But don't you think it's a bad way to go about doing this? Oh, there's no question. I just, I just think the timing's so weird. And if this was, it would make more sense if he really didn't want to play with LeBron like long term. And I'm Kyrie. I, I'd sit there and wait. One more year, he's going to be here next. If, if LeBron reset, LeBron can sign that huge, like five-year, two hundred million dollar deal. Right. I think after this year. So if LeBron signed that and Le- and Kyrie still had a year, then I then I could to some degree more understand. Hey, look, you've committed to this guy. I right. want to go be my own thing, but the timing just doesn't work out. Where to me, there's just something more to it. I mean, that's the thing. I think the longer this goes, I think the likelihood that he's an open camp. And maybe maybe the truth is. What's- that these guys, these players, just don't like Dan Gilbert. I think LeBron doesn't like him. Maybe Kyrie doesn't like him, and doesn't like the organization he runs. And that's why, you know, you can understand. I, I, I think he gives them everything they need. I know. I, I mean, the, we don't know what goes the, on beyond the scenes. You the facilities and in, in Independence have ever seen him. No They're question. Incredible. They, I, he goes forty million over the luxury cap. I mean, I just wonder if he rubs guys the wrong way with his attitude. I, look, I'm just, I'm just speculating. I mean, you ever met a billionaire? They're they're a little eccentric. I mean, you've heard he's you've heard he can be difficult to deal with, but there's no question well, that he I puts like money. I know a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, right. There's no question that he puts money in the team. I have never, you know, the only time he's ever cheaped out is on this general manager search, which is just so weird. I'm still not over right. it, but whatever. So I don't know. I just think we don't have all the information. It just I can't connect all the dots to where it makes perfect sense. Bottom line is. Kyrie Irving looks really bad through it in this his whole situation. He definitely and looks like the villain. I don't know how he's going to fix his, his PR problem when the season starts because, you know, if he starts the season on the team, it just stuff is going to... My biggest concern, if I was Dan Gilbert or Ty Lue, like, how is this going to affect 
how this team performs is this going to tear the team apart eventually because it might i mean you could see them those these two alpha males freezing each other out on the court it's just bad you it, know you don't have to, you don't boggles my mind more than anything like he like he talks about doesn't like you know i don't i don't know what he's let's just say he said in private that i want to be the alpha dog and i don't want to be in lebron's shadow but my goodness the guy he had more shots than lebron did during the regular season he averaged what twenty four game twenty five? I think he averaged a career high this year. I don't know the number. So but, the, yeah. like, the the like the stats make no sense to what he's talking about. If that if this guy like I think the person who has more beef. Well, the, the term we've heard is he wants to be the face of a franchise, and I will give him that. LeBron is the face of the franchise. It's not Kyrie. Oh, come on, like there's no. Like, I, mean, I think it's you know silly. I, mean? I know, like you're 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 gonna you're gonna complain. These about guys being, have egos we just don't have, man. But like if one person has the beef, it would be like Kevin Love. So his numbers are way down across the board. Right. And, you know, but he doesn't have hold that cachet in the league, apparently. Or, you know, he doesn't have these Uncle Drew commercials. It's just, you know, if I'm a fan, I'm just like sitting back. I'm just disgusted by this whole situation. I'm just frustrated because, as I think I told you before we started recording, I, I just, and I'm, unlike our friend Jeff Judell, who I think is glass half full, I'm glass half empty. Um, I think in a year, no, we're gonna be, I, I think we're going to be staring at a team with no LeBron James and no Kyrie Irving <laughs> oh and, my. and whatever. Um, and I thought, I thought, well, if LeBron leaves, we'll have this team built around Kyrie and Kevin. That'll, you know, but think about what you get in return for with a Kyrie Irving trade. You might get, you might get a nice nucleus back. You might some draft picks. You might. I don't know. Hasn't happened yet. Not hearing any rumors lately. You know, okay. there was talk of Bledsoe and who's the young kid they drafted. But that sounds oh, like they don't want to. Uh, Phoenix right. sounds like Phoenix doesn't want to give away that first pick. Right. You know, so you can't just hand Kyrie away for. Uh, no, I agree. And that the problem with parts. Urban is like, is there really a true value for a guy like that to get? In, to get is there a true value to get back in return for him? He's probably one of ten to twelve guys that probably you can't really get the true value back for him. Well, the good news is that we have a really experienced GM who's been on the job for years. <laughs> you know, da- David Griffin doesn't have a job, dude. Uh, I don't blame him for not you know, going further with the Knicks. I, I mean, know. he did leave it, after all, most of those positions were filled. He'll fairness, have a job next year. I think that was the only job that was available. He'll have a job next year if so, he wants it. All right, so let's wrap it up. So people want to follow you on Twitter. Where are you at? At Mark Mazoros. Let me spell that out. M-A-R-K-M-E-S-Z-O-R-O-S. And I am at Pot- M. Poto. <laughs> Poto. You should be so, at Bodo. All right, so uh, we'll be back in two weeks to I thought we I say two weeks. What. We'll see. Maybe. So. <laughs> all right. So until then, thanks for listening. This has been a production of the News Herald in Willoughby, Ohio, part of 21st Century Media and Digital First Media.